Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Stay Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there is no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy, how are you this Saturday afternoon? Um, What's the name of this podcast today? Uh, it's called the Islanders uninspiring, the Islanders uninspiring performance. I feel uninspired. <laughs> yeah. And if people want to listen to this podcast, what do they need to do, TJ? Well, before we get started, that's right. This is a twice a week Islanders podcast. We talk all things Islanders on Wednesdays, eight o'clock Eastern standard time. And on Saturdays, eight o'clock Eastern standard time. So, if you're new to the podcast, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. We also go live during any Islander game that is not on a Thursday or a Sunday. So, again, you know, those will only be on the YouTube and the Facebook and the Twitter, our specific pages. So, if you again, if you want to see the the live game coverage, we do that too. Live reactions, uh, some some more more uh, joyous than others, uh, like today. Um, but we also cover. Uh, general sports again we cover football basketball baseball hockey all things sports that are not just islanders related that's called fan fights and, and fan fights that's called tj and the grumpy old man that is in the link in the description below so again we'll be going live during this evening game of the los angeles or the uh, i'm sorry we'll be going live against the buffalo bills against the new england patriots and we'll be going live tomorrow against the San Francisco 49ers, against the Dallas Cowboys. So, again, make sure you check out that other channel called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. But, Grump, we mentioned how today was uninspiring. Tell me more. I was uninspired by the Islanders' performance. I mean, I don't – Washington just played a classic road game, right? Just play defensive style, uh, limit chances – uh, I thought Varlamov played extremely well today. I thought Noah Dobson played well. Keeper Bellows played well. Some other guys didn't play so well. Robin Sallow, Josh Bailey, my pal. Um, but it's concerning for me. Today was a game that 
was a measuring stick game for us, and we didn't measure up. I mean, this is this is a, these these are the type of teams. If we want to consider have ourselves have any shot of making the playoffs, we need to beat. We need to beat the teams ahead of us in the standings. We've been unable to do that this year. I worry too when I look at we had talked about beforehand, right? We needed at least sixteen points out of a possible twenty-two over the eleven-game stretch. Right now, we've got two points out of the possible four that we have played so far. It only gives us margin there to lose twice more in the next nine games. Uh, yeah, you know to, to say that, and again, this is a barometer to to uh, to show, hey, are we going to have any chance of making the playoffs? the The only good thing about the loss, right? Let's take the positives and the negatives. This was a good team we played. It was a one nothing game for the majority of the game, and I thought we had played uninspiring hockey that's why the title was the uninspiring performance we were one bounce or one shot one one puck finding the net away from having a tied game you know even though we had played not great hockey we were still in the game for the majority of the, of the entire game and to be honest with you that's usually how islanders hockey is played under the Barry Trot system right we usually look like hey we're either up a goal or down one goal and we're always in it into the last minute it's been one of the first games that we haven't you know when we've lost that we haven't looked like you know we we've been blown off the off the ice for me it's the fact that we didn't play well in five on five and we haven't for most of the year. That's been the one thing in the previous couple of years under Barry Trotz where our five on five game was pretty good, uh, limiting scoring chances, which we did not do today. Um, and potentially generating something off of, uh, you know, a transition game. It seems like our, our team speed is really down. It's something I've talked about all year. It just seems like all of our older players have gotten old at the same time where they're missing that extra half step and they all kind of add up defensively as well as offensively. And it's just, for me, it's just frustrating because I saw it coming. And if I've saw it coming, the Islanders management should have saw it coming also. Yes. Um, we'll also say this, uh, kind of shocked. We saw Bodie Wilds, um, his, or I'm sorry, uh, Kiefer, Kiefer Bellows is, uh, you know, his role a little bit shortened today. We didn't see him on the power play at all, right? Josh Bailey has a goal and assist in the last game and seems like he's been given more liberty to play with than, uh, we've had in the past with, with Bailey. And, you know, we'll, we'll bring it up later today, prime opportunity to net one for the Islanders wide open net, and he doesn't take a shot and he passes out of it. It's one of those that, it's bewildering. It's mystifying. It's kind of depressing a little bit, to be honest, right? Like when we saw it live, we were obviously like, what the piece of shit? Of course, and everything, you know, every type of obscenity under the moon or on the sun. But I tell you, it's now that I'm looking back on it, I think to myself, yikes. I mean, he's not got, I mean, he's got at least another year here, too. You're never going to be able to move a guy like Josh Bailey. Ever. Two years. He's got two years left on his contract. I'm sorry, another two years left here. Yikes. I mean, to me, you talk about Anders Lee is unmovable. To me, Josh Bailey's unmovable. Yes. I mean, and just because he has no skill set at this point in time, not that he ever really did. He's always been a perimeter Pete as far as I've been concerned, and uh, he's just uninspiring. I just – he just is what he is. I'm just – I can't think of how more – that play today where he wouldn't take that shot on the power play no less – 
three foot from the goalie, who's out of the net, is that's Josh Bailey's career in a nutshell, honestly. Right there, that one play signified, as far as I'm concerned, his whole career with the Islanders. And this is Mark Hay. Thanks for giving this to us, and thanks uh, too much pessimist sticking for tagging me in this. I couldn't find it for the longest of time. But this is what we're talking about. On the power play, Bailey has a one-time opportunity with the net wide open, and he just looks so hesitant. He looks, you know what it's like, Crump? It's like a, it's like a dog that's never been outside before or some sort of animal that's never been outside before, and you plop it in the grass. It just gets nervous. It just kind of starts slowly. You see him like shrink. Huh? Oh, I don't know what to do. Hiss himself a little bit. And he says, let me give this to somebody else to see if they can go ahead and make this happen. He has a wide open opportunity in a prime shooting spot just to put the puck even on net. You know, here's the thing. Let's assume it was the weakest shot. It was charm and soft of a shot, an awful shot. At least he put the puck on net. Okay. This guy didn't even throw the puck towards the net. Okay. For me, it's not even like he's scared. It's just he never even considered shooting. Look at how the def- look at how the goalie and the defenseman play Josh Bailey. Do they try to stop a shot? Watch, watch him, watch his body. You see him kind of pretend like he's going to shoot, but certainly does not. You could just tell by his body. He was looking. He's like, maybe I think about you. Ah, ah, ah. Let me pass out of this. No, he's he's never shoots. He never shoots from there. He never shoots. Look at how the defense and the goalie they're playing pass all the way. They're playing pass all the way. They're not even thinking shot from him because he won't shoot the puck. That's his MO. Look at both of them. They're both laying down, breaking, uh, uh, stopping passing lanes. Both of them. The goalie, Vanacek. Oh, it's Bailey. And he comes. He don't even get to the post. He's like, oh, I'm going back inside. This is when he's still got the puck on his stick. He's going back the other way. His eyes are looking past the entire time. Think about that. That's what he's oh, looking past to the past, past to the crease the entire time. Instead of thinking, instead of being aware and saying, I've got a wide open net. I, I, it's, it's when I watch this, the more and more I watch this, the more depressed I get thinking to myself, how the hell does this guy net a $5 million a year deal? He's a guy who plays on your first line, ladies and gentlemen. Your, hold on here. Hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can get this right. He plays on our first line. Think about that, guys. He plays Why are you on our applauding first. that? Why are you I'm applauding that? it because it's just so ridiculous the amount of fans who think that this guy is capable on the ice, the supporters of this guy. He plays on our first line. Last year, we had Leo Komarov playing on our first line. Leo obviously is much worse than Josh Bailey. Leo would have shot the puck there. Leo would have scored. Leo would have scored. You think so? Yes. The only guy who won't shoot that puck is Josh Bailey. The only guy on the team who won't shoot that puck is Josh Bailey. The only guy in the league who won't shoot that puck is Josh Bailey. The only one, the only player who's ever played a game who won't shoot that puck is Josh Bailey. I'm I'm shocked. Everyone shoots that puck. Yeah. I the more and more I watch it, the more and more I just get disgusted with him as a player. And, and people are like, oh, man, Josh Bailey had he had a goal and an assist against the Devils, guys. Josh Bailey, he yeah. had a multi-point game. He's fantastic. And of, course, and, of course, they can't wait to give him a star for that underwhelming performance. I mean, that's what they do. And, oh, look, well, what about Josh Bailey now? Look at him. Uh, he scored a goal and an assist. I don't care. So it's like 
the goal he scored was, I mean, it was we talk about you know an Anders Lee type goal. It was a goal that bounces to him and he just kind of threw his body at it and, <laughs> and shot it as it was going, as it was kind of collided with a stick. I mean, like, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take you know credit away from his goal, but it wasn't a pretty one. It was a dirty goal. He was trying to pass out from there and got lucky. <laughs> Christ Almighty, dude! I he said, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I got to take that away. I got to take that off the screen, man. It gets me depressed. I can't watch that seriously. And on, on a serious note, I can't watch that much more. That that him passing out of that puck, point blank in front of the net, with a wide open, with a wide open area. I yikes! It's hard to watch. And the Islanders today, for most of the game, were hard to watch. I thought we played a much better third period. Um, but it's all, I mean, is there anyone on the defensive end who you feel is capable of even skating the puck out of the zone except for Noah Dobson? I must say, there's one guy, and it's only Noah Dobson. I mean, Robin Sallow made mistakes left and right out there on the ice today. Uh, you know, he's far from a finished product, far, far, far from a finished product, but he didn't look great. And I mean, the first period, him and Andy Green were the worst defensive pairing on the ice. And today, Zidane Chara looked awful. And when I say awful, I mean awful. The guy at, at certain times looked like he was, you know, as I mentioned on, on the live stream during the game, it's like when everything else you see, like one of those commercials where it's like a hazy, foggy type of setting. And it's like one individual is like, oh, everything's going so fast and everybody's moving at five times the speed as he is. And he's looking around like in this general malaise and he's very lugubrious in nature. And then he takes his little boom, Claritin, you'll be feeling as good as new. And he's like back up to normal speed again, except there is no Claritin to clear up Zidane Char. The guy's just so unbelievably slow and stuck in the sand. I, it, The fact that he's out there on the ice every day for us is a real issue. He's, I've told you before, he's like one of those guys who just, they're, stuck right here and they just spin around in circles just with their stick going just trying to clear passes that's what he is at this point in his career Noah Do and you know Andy Francis who's on the questions Noah Dobson's defensive ability when you have to play two positions on defense it's tough it's tough put him with a real defenseman somebody who can move their feet a little bit and you see Noah Dobson's I mean I am very pleased with how Noah Dobson's played defensively. He's really deft with the puck behind the net. He's really improved taking on uh, guys who are hitting him along the boards and coming out with the puck. I've been very pleased with his play this year. And like I said, the only good thing to come of co come out of COVID is the fact that he and Kiefer Bellows have been given legitimate shots to play in the NHL this year. For certain. And again, and, it's prove, and, and here's the biggest thing, and prove their worth to an NHL team. And here's a freeze frame. Don't you love the freeze frame? I think this. I think this further validates Josh Bailey's a, a future Islanders Hall of Famer. Holy shit! I was. You know, I was funny when I was going to the bathroom. I always. I very often think about Josh Bailey. Um, you know. Taking a shit. No comment on what was happening there, but I was thinking <laughs> about Josh Bailey, and I, that was exactly what I thought. There are some people who are saying that this piece of trash should actually be in the Islanders Hall of Fame when his career is over. He should be up there with Dennis Poffin. He should be up there. He should be up there. He should be up there, Grump, with oh. I'm sorry. He should he should be up there with the Islander greats. God almighty. What a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Trottier. Bossy. Bossy. Not Boring. Boring's not up there. Bobby Bourne was way no, better player. Goring. 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 Butch Goring. Oh, sorry. Goring. Yeah, I mean Butch Goring, yeah, not Tinelli, so Tinelli, Gillies, 
in Josh Bailey. Potvin. Josh Bailey, Potvin. too, buddy. Bossy, Josh Bailey. Really? <laughs> or even this, Anders Lee. Really? <sighs> really? To me, you have to win something to get your number retired. You have to have some type of success, not just because you played on the team for a long time. I'm sorry. Yeah, grumpy. Absolutely. I tell you, it's when I watch that, I just kind of uh, cringe a bit looking at that. My God, no shot taken on that opportunity. Um, we played well against the Devils, and it's worth mentioning, right? Albeit the Devils had multiple players out with injury and COVID issues. They had to I think they're down to their fourth or fifth string goalie in the organizational depth chart because they had COVID and uh, Jonathan Bernier's out with a season injury. So I think they're down to their fourth or their fifth string goalie. We won three to two. And uh, Bellos has looked good. Bellos has looked good. I, I tell you, I know Kyle Palmieri is still listed currently on the IR. Once once he comes back off the IR, Bellos should still be in the lineup on a game-in, game-out basis. Bailey has to sit. Palmieri should sit. I think Bailey should sit. Here's the other thing I think. Austin Zarnak should not have sat today. Mm -mm. I don't care if now Jean-Gabriel Pajot is back from COVID. Austin Zarnak has played well. That's This is the point, right? I get it that you're maybe shelling out $5 million a year for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and you're shelling out $5 million a year from Josh Bailey. You play the best player. And that's, I think, is the most... And whoever has the hot hand, that is the most frustrating part of all of this. Jean-Gabriel Pajot hasn't looked great this year. Yeah, maybe you could say, oh, the last four or five games he started to look good before that 12-game break. Oh, man, maybe he's turning the bend. I didn't think Jean-Gabriel Pajot looked good today. I didn't think that Casey Zizekas looked very good today. Terrible. And, and on top of that, Ross Johnson serving a three-game suspension for the hit that he that he had against the Devil. I'm just kind of thinking to myself, a three-game suspension for Ross Johnson? It was called a freaking minor penalty on the ice. It didn't even look like a penalty to me. That's uh, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. That's just That's just hockey. That's just hockey. Now they're trying to wussify the game. I mean, that was borderline, if anything, borderline at best. He didn't games. even he didn't even really collide that hard with him either, and that's and that's the thing that shocks me, right? It's not like he went out of his way to hammer him. He I mean, he makes he makes a little bit of contact, Grump, and I'll pop that on screen for us. It wasn't a lot. It was just a little bit of a nudge. Boop. Yeah, the guy's head. Guess what? What he was doing as he made the pass? Yeah, he's he's looking. He's Look looking at, at the pass. Look at this shit. Get what your head up. In the old, get your head up. You make the pass, and he's like this. Let me go ahead and watch the pass hit the stick of the next guy. Dude, he barely even hits him. I, th I would argue the contact gets made with the chest first. He makes contact with the chest. The head hasn't moved yet. Ross Johnson has made contact with the guy. He's made contact with his chest, and his shoulder comes through as he's hitting him through his chest, which is what you shoot for. His shoulder hits him in the face, too. It's just a good It's a clean check. Get your head up, brother. That's right. Get your head up. Get your head oh, up. Oh, man, that really hurts. And Butch immediately was appalled by the call. And he actually watched replays like, oh, well, no, maybe that's a good call. Okay, yeah, sure, that's a good call. I'm sorry. A three-game suspension? Yeah, it deserves a two-minute penalty during a game for certain. He wasn't, again, the contact first is made with the chest, which blows me away. Ross Johnson being in this game would not have flipped the script for us and made us win, but it's noticeable how much better Ross Johnson is on the ice than Matt Martin. Matt Martin, we mention all the time, Matt Martin is so cash, it's not even funny. He's done. That's why you don't sign guys who, at the time, 32 years old, fourth liners to four-year deals. I hate repeating myself, but you see it every single night. 
Get ready to see it with number 27. Get ready to see it with number 21. Get ready to see it with number 53. Get ready because it's coming. There's reasons why I say certain things. And here's the thing. I'm proven right every single time. Look at Josh Bailey. He's got two more years. He's going to be, what, 33, 34 when his contract is up? He's finished as well. Not that he was that great, any any great shakes to begin with, but look, he's in Invisibaily is the thank you very much, uh, Scott Levy. Invisibaily is the perfect name for him. The perfect name for him. It's just frustrating. And then as a general manager and a coach, why are you advocating re-signing guys in their 30s to long-term deals? When does that work out? Unless you're a star. I mean, a truly great player. It never works out. They're, the league is littered with guys in their 30s who get paid ridiculous money. But usually it's because some other unsuspecting team is signing them as unrestricted free agents. Regular teams don't sign their own pieces of trash back to long-term deals in their 30s. They know better. They know all the warts of those players. But mm. except for us, we don't seem to realize that. I tell you, man, it was that was rough, dude. Uh, him being out. It just makes it, hey, you know, it's noticeable how much we, how much he he does, or how much he can contribute more than Matt Martin. And I'll be honest with you, until Kyle Palmieri's back and healthy, dude, throw Zarnak out there at wing, throw Jean Gabriel Pajot at wing. We talked about this before, right? If Jean Gabriel Pajot last year, we talked about what his wheelhouse was on those cross ice passes. There, who's really able to put those in? He's he's able to put those cross body shots as he's getting like a cross ice pass. He's able to put that back on, on the uh, far side of the net. He usually picks those corners. Throw Jean Gabriel Pajot at wing and sit Josh Bailey's ass. Could you have imagined? Uh, seriously, Grum, could you have imagined if that was Kiefer Bellows or Oliver Wallstrom, what Barry Trotz would have done? If they had a chance like that and they didn't shoot the puck. Well, you would be hearing on the, the broadcast. And I don't know what the broadcast said today. I do not know. I think Anson Carter tore into him. But I, I love Anson Carter. He If he doesn't tote the company line, they're probably going to get rid of him. I think Anson Carter done a great job. I like Anson Carter. But could you imagine if you were in this situation and Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, could you imagine any other player not shooting? No I, no, I couldn't imagine any other player not shooting, but I don't think you would hear anybody say anything about that. Uh, or, or I don't think they get benched for not shooting. That much I will say. But you might hear them say after the game, yeah, he really needs to shoot there. I think you would hear that from Barry for certain if it was a young guy. I don't know if Lane Lambert said that post game or not. I have no idea. Um, but for certain, you got to shoot the puck there. Wide open net. Wide open net. You got to shoot the puck there. What's concerning for me is the fact that even though Barry's out, it still looks like Barry's calling all the shots, right? Because Josh Bailey was back on the power play and Kiefer Bellis, who's performed well, not on the power play. We didn't see any power play time today. Um, well, it's the same reason. It seemed like he didn't play a whole lot in the third period down the tail end either. I don't, I don't understand. He's one of the only guys who will shoot the puck. Uh, he hustles. He generates chances. He earns chances. What did Anders Lee do today? He was freaking invisible today. I think he made one nice side pass on a power play to Oliver Wallstrom. That's it. He can't skate anymore. People say Kiefer Bellows can't skate. I'm going to guarantee you Anders Lee's never beating him in a skating competition. 
Andrews Lee can't move anymore. I mean, and I don't think it has anything to do with the knee. He was never a great skater to begin with, and now he's even worse. And the what knee has just exacerbated the issue. I mean, he's in his thirties now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just frustrating. I apologize, Grandpa. I'm trying to pull up this, the. You are an electric vehicle. Electricity. Oh, Jesus Christ! I'm sorry. I'm trying to pull up the the time on ice because. I did think it was funny, even though the Islanders won, they played well. And Bellows had an assist. He played well against the Devils, only had 11 minutes of time on ice. I was trying to see how much time on ice that Kiefer Bellows saw today. That's what I'm trying to pull up. So give me a moment here. Oh, so you want? I can I can pull that up for you, no problem. I already have it up. If you're interested, oh, uh, I you already had today's game. Bellows only played 13 minutes and 17 seconds of time on ice. Right. 14 shifts. He took the least amount of shifts out of any other player on this team. Matt Martin, only playing 11 minutes and 17 seconds, technically took more shifts. But, I mean, you're looking at time on ice, right? Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Zizekas played more time on ice, fourth-line center Casey Zizekas. But, I mean, Cal Clutterbuck and Martin were the only two to play less time on ice. I mean, was Anthony Anthony Bavillier great today? No. No? 15-21? Matt all did play good minutes. I mean, like he needed to. We, uh, We couldn't get any offensive stride going. And I thought that's always odd. They always talk about how we have four lines who can score, four lines, and it works in the playoffs. Why the hell were we still rolling four lines when there was five minutes left in the game and we didn't really generate much offense? We had a power play. You may forget. We had a power play with 10 minutes. Crust. It's the crust that made crust good. That's it. I'm closing out of that freaking page. We had we had a power play with 10 minutes left on the ice, grumpy old man, and we had we just looked we looked completely offensively inept. I think we didn't get any shots on target on that on that power play. No. I mean, it happens. You're not going to have a great power play every every time. I'm there just saying, time. when you're down by one goal and there's 10 minutes left, you need to, to at least establish some momentum. We couldn't even establish offensive zone time with 10 minutes left down a goal. Well, you get the wrong guy out there. I mean, when you have the wrong pieces out, it's the same thing I've said for years. If you have the wrong pieces on the power play, it's not going to work. I mean, when they were having Bellows and Wallstrom out there with Anders Lee, Matt Barzell, and Noah Dobson, I thought the puck movement was fantastic. We were scoring goals and ripping shots from every which angle, and we're keeping goalies. We we're keep we're keeping goalies. We're keeping goalies in check that way. And yikes, I'm sorry. And like I said, for me, it's like, why are you going to change something that's working? It's it's just frustrating to me. That's what makes me think that Barry still calls the shots. I don't think anybody would look at it and say, "Oh yeah, Bellis is putting up points. We're seeing production on the power play. Let's go ahead and sit him." Don't think that Barry is not talking to Lane Lambert in between periods. Don't think that's not happening. Yikes! Or he certainly is in contact. He's not just sitting at home with his feet up watching the game or watching the NFL games. He's not doing that. He's watching the Islander game, and he's Barry. That's what he's doing. Oh man, I tell you, dude, I'm just I'm still so shocked that Zarnak, after good performance, still rides the pine. That's the thing that always shocks me, and like it's it's the one thing that 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 I said. This will be interesting to see when we get back whether he's going to play the hot hand and whether we play the the hot hand or if we go back to the tried and true method. Zarnak played well. Tried and not true method. That's where he's going to go back to. Guess what? It's not last year. It's not two years ago. It's 2022. Mm. If you can't see that these guys can't do it anymore, and that's why 
you know, when people say, well, why do you want to blow up the team? Because we are so far away from being a Stanley Cup contender right now that none of the veterans on this team are going to be part of when we are good enough, they won't be here. They just won't. That's why I just want to accelerate that process. We could win as much as we're talking about how down we are right now. Uh, and we'll open up the phone lines too, because you know it's it's one of those fun things on a Saturday, um, a little vent sesh. Um, we 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 have three very winnable games upcoming. We play the Flyers twice and the Coyotes. One of the Flyers games are at home, one's on the road, and then we play the Coyotes at home. Those are three very winnable games. As I told you before, we played the Flyers three times in the next five games, Grump. Well, that's good for us because the Flyers are terrible right now. They've lost six games in a row. That's what I said. That's what I'm thinking too, right? And, and I said, I, and I'll stick with it. We need at least 16 points out of 22 games. There's a lot of cellar dwellers that we play at the moment. The Washington Capitals were kind of one of those barometers. They were a test to see where we were. We got we got beaten. I mean, the Washington Capitals looked pretty dominant today. The ice was definitely in their favor for the first two periods by a large margin. Third period, I think we kind of flipped the switch a bit, but it's too little too late. Um, but we play the Flyers twice, and then we play the Coyotes. I mean, in the next week, right? Those are all games, by the way. The, the Flyers game on Monday, we're going to be covering that one live. We'll be covering the Islanders against the uh, the Flyers on Tuesday. We're going to be covering that game live as well on the channel. And then the Coyotes game is on Friday. We'll be covering all three of those games live, grumpy old man. Hopefully there are three victories, particularly against the Flyers. I'd rather beat the Flyers twice and lose to Arizona. Um, Why is that? Because I hate the Flyers. I despise the Flyers. <laughs> There's no team in sports I hate more than the Flyers. I hate them. So, again... Playoff hopes are look pretty bleak. You realize consistent. you realize that we are 18 points out of a playoff spot now. Yeah, and when I look at it, I look at the teams that are ahead of us, right? We're not catching Boston. any. Yeah, Boston is just fantastic. They're not losing games. The Pittsburgh Penguins, now they get Malkin back. They're, they've looked really good. They've rattled off quite a few wins in a row, too, I think, if I recall. But, I mean, Boston, right? Boston's on a five-game winning streak. They're eight and two in their last ten. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh is eight and two in their last ten. They just lost recently, but they're again two teams in the last ten games that have really been playing well. That's my thing for the Islanders, right? You have to have one of those nine and one stretches, a ten and zero stretch. You have to really rattle off so many wins in a row to say, hey, we can flip the switch. I know we have a whole bunch of games in hand. We are so many points behind. It's not funny. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If we not, think about this, if we were to let's say we win, we're, right now we got six games in hand. I don't think there's any way in hell we're catching Boston. Maybe the closest team we can five, catch is Pittsburgh. Five games in hand. Five games in hand. No, we have six games in hand over Pittsburgh. Five games in hand. I'm looking at it right now. Pittsburgh played 36 games. We played 30 games. Six games. Oh, I thought you were talking about Boston. No, I said there's no way we're catching Boston. Let's talk about Pittsburgh. We ain't catching so, Pittsburgh either. All I'm saying is Boston. I mean, Boston, well, they have 46 points. Pittsburgh's at 40. Yeah, we. Um, let's just assume Pittsburgh. That's the closest team I think we can catch. Right now, if we win, we have six games in hand. If we win all six of those games, we still would be behind seven points behind them for a playoff spot. <laughs> if we win our next six games in a row and they just stop action and now we're back to 36 games apiece, we would still be seven points behind Pittsburgh. Okay. Has this team shown that they can win six games in a row? No. Okay, so I mean, so it's a. Yeah, that's, that's why I said, right? For us to be in a in playoff contention, I said we need at least sixteen points. That's eight wins over an eleven game stretch. Eight wins, three losses over an eleven game stretch. If we can't do that, there was no way in hell 
We've already lost one of those. I'll tell you one thing: if we lose against if we lose against the Flyers, I I, I could promise you that game against Toronto is going to be no easy game. Toronto has been playing well. Jack Campbell's been outstanding this season. You know, okay. I, I know my my leash is a lot longer than some other fans' leashes, but I, I really think legitimately. It was the 16 points we needed in the 11 games to stay, even where you could say we had a modicum of hope to make the playoffs. If we don't have that, there's no chance. Okay. Pittsburgh just got Malcolm back. I know. So they're better. Okay. Yes. To me, out of all the eight teams in the playoffs, the only team I see that's not potentially might not make the playoffs is the Rangers. They're tied Ooh. for first in the Metro division. Yeah, because I just don't think the Rangers are that good. Could you also said the same about the Islanders the first time they made it after a miserable season? Okay. I mean, the Rangers. Okay, oh, you're sorry. misunderstanding my point. Boston and Pittsburgh are making playoffs. Washington's making playoffs. Carolina's making playoffs. Uh, Florida, Tampa Bay, and Toronto are all making the playoffs. So the only team is maybe maybe the Rangers, and we're 24 points behind them. 24 points. I mean, let me ask you a question. Does Buffalo have a chance to make the playoffs in your mind? No. They have 28 points too, just like the Islanders do. They've got We've got six games at hand over there. I, I don't care. It doesn't mean you're going to win all those games. You just can't say, oh, yeah, they're all wins. Because to you me, know, I, I, trust me, trust me. I know. Trust me. I know. The way we played, if they go the way we've actually played, we'd be lucky to get out of those uh, six games, lucky to get six points. We have a losing record. Okay, yep. everybody who's in the playoff chase has winning records by far. We have losing records. There's only eight teams in our conference who have a plus in goal differential. All the eight teams in the playoffs. We're not even close. Yeah. And again, we are only averaging 2.2 goals a game right now, which is just extra depressing icing on top of the depressing cake that has been this season for the Islanders. I mean, it's not a write-off. This is not a write-off season, ladies and gents. If you if you subscribe to the belief that this is a write off, that means that you subscribe to the fact that we could just roll out the same exact team next year and have this have a better result. We need to make adjustments. We have to. We have to retool. This team is currently constructed. Will not be able to compete at the level we saw the last two years. Just won't happen. And, and it's crazy how quick things can change. Just like a, a snap of a finger, how quick things can change. But we've been talking about it for the last year and a half. I just think it's his validation. Yeah, I don't care about being validated. I just I just can't believe that other people haven't seen it. I mean, it's been so obvious to me with a, a veteran-laden roster that really is not that good. We play a system game. We advanced to the playoffs two years ago because of COVID. Wouldn't even have made the playoffs. Last year, we had the Civ, Tristan Jari, and the guy, Tuka Rask, who just admitted this week, he was hurt all last year in goal for those two series. The only reason we advanced, we were outplayed by Pittsburgh. And until uh, Carlo got hurt, we were outplayed by Boston. We were lucky. We were lucky. Now we don't have that luck coming up. We're going to open up the phone line. Go ahead. And the, for me, the biggest concern going forward is we have nothing in the pipeline on the way up. Nothing. Actually, before we open the phone line, we're going to read today's ad, ladies and gents, and then we're going to open up the phone line. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can win 
50 can can get 56 to 1 odds on any wild card team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 200 in a, 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If DraftKings isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play something to play for this wild card weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN this wild card weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum of a $5 deposit and $1 wages required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full details. If you have a gambling problem, call on 1-800-GAMBLER. Nice. Nice read, TJ. Only made one mistake. I, I you know, I, I know I did. I'm going to open up the phone line. Sorry, I saw someone just called in, but I'm open back up the phone lines here. I just want to get the ad read in and out of the way there for that. Are the people happy or unhappy today? I'm going to, you know, I'm just taking a look, quick look here at the comment section, Grump. People are unhappy. Tony Chi says, the name of this podcast reminds me of the first time I spent the night at my current girlfriend's house. The uninspiring performance. Oh, ouch. The one hit a quitter. Tony Cheese, uh, Rich A saying here, team wasn't good, um, but uh, you have to lay this one on the feet of Bailey. Even Clutterbuck scores there. Okay. How do you think we played, though, Rich? See, that's my thing. It's like, did we look like we deserved to win? Really? We came out, we played better in the third, but the first two periods, Varlamov, I thought Varlamov was outstanding today. Um, he kept us in the game. I mean, I just thought we were totally outmatched today. And you saw Washington just play a, uh, without a doubt, just a perfect road game. Just play defense. Hey, you're live here with TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Who do we have calling in? Alexander. What's up, Alexander? Who? How are you today, man? Alexander, hello. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up, Grump? TJ, how oh. y'all doing? I hope you guys are staying blessed and staying safe. And, you know, but another dreadful loss today. You know, I can't say enough of how bad, you know, we look against good teams. But all of a sudden we dominate the bad teams. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's like I cheer for the Dolphins and I can never get, I can never catch a break. I can never catch a break with my team, man. But I, gotta, but I got a couple points. I got a couple points to make it Wait, one second, One um, second. One second, Alexander. Before you, you go on these two points, I just, how's your wife feeling? She's great. She's feeling great. Good, good. I just wanted to make sure I asked. No problem. Kids are doing great, too. Good. But I really appreciate you, your concern, and thank you very much for asking, by the way. No problem. Um, but, you know, as, you know, the thing about it is that, like you said, Lee's been awful ever since coming back from that knee injury. And I was really impressed with Varlamov today, you know, especially against going against the capital team, you know. And is there – I really do think that there's a way – we can try to unload Bailey if if Lou gets creative and try to unload Bailey for some traffic. I would really, I would really hope so because I am so sick and tired of seeing that freaking bum on the ice, especially during the power play. You know, it, it, it it's mind boggling that he's still out there, and I don't know what 
I really do. I really want to see Bellows and Wallstrom on the line together. We have to see it by the end of the season. We have. We have to. You know, I, Barry's going to have. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, I was going to say is that we we have to see it by the end of the season. Barry has. Barry has to have. He has. I don't know how to say it, but. Um. He's got to make adjustments. I'm just, I'm just He's, serious. He, I'm about to say everybody. Yeah. And thanks, Alexander, for calling in because we'll talk about Bailey and if he could ever be had for picks. And and we appreciate the call, Alexander. Thank you so much for calling in. But Grumpy, do you think? Thank you very much. Absolutely. And Grump, do you think that Bailey could be sold? And when could he be sold, if at all? And could you receive any picks back in return? I think that yeah, I I think he could be had for like a fourth round pick. You're not going to get a whole lot for him. What do you think in the offseason? No, I say the deadline. I think some I, I, team okay. some team might say, you know what? Josh Bailey plays a smart game, blah, 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 whatever. He's not going to hurt you on the third line. They're he's gonna not going to do hype. I'm sorry? They're going to buy into the hype that he's a smart player? I mean, yeah. But, I mean, but for a third-line player, a fourth-round pick, why not roll the dice? I mean, his biggest stumbling block is five million for two more years. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. But like I said, for me, I have no problem at all trying to jettison most of the veterans on this team for whatever you can get. I think the best time to trade Bailey would be the offseason. Reason being is you're going to have teams that are trying to go ahead and hit the cap floor. Josh Bailey next year is only owed $3.5 million and in 2023, 2024 he's only owed three and a half million dollars. So you're going to get a guy, if you're trying to hit the cap floor, you can get a guy that's going to cut 5 million against your cap and you're only going to have to pay him three and a half out of pocket. So if you're trying to cheaply get to the cap floor and you're trying to add some veteran experience, adding Josh Bailey, I think is a way you can do that. How many teams are looking to hit the cap floor? The cap hasn't gone up in three years. Most everybody's at the cap ceiling. They're not at the cap floor. That's why they have to trade draft picks. Uh, they have to trade their own draft picks to get rid of guys off their roster. I don't see that as being a problem. Everybody's at the cap floor. I mean, I'd move him at the deadline. If I mean, his value is never going to be higher than then because teams say, you know what? Yeah, we need somebody on our third line who, you know, if need be, could slide up to the second line. You know, he's a solid player, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I could see that could be an advantage to moving him. The thing is, does any team really want him? There's nothing that stands out about his play. And then you see chances like he had today on the power play. He's not shooting the puck. That doesn't raise his worth as far as I'm concerned. I know at the end of every year. And again, like I'm talking about teams that are in rebuild mode as well. I know like, uh, you know, most cap space I'm seeing currently on any NHL team is the Buffalo Sabres with 13 million. So you know, I'm not saying again you're going to get a large return. I just if you like in the off season when contracts are kind of in lieu of what we're, what you're trying to do, you can get a guy who is a veteran that is a true professional, right? As much as you know, Bailey does have weaknesses. The guy is a true professional. If you're looking for a good locker room guy, yes. a good guy that can help a team that is young learn what it's like to be a professional. I won't say learn what it's like to win, but learn what it's like to be professional. I think he's a guy who can help out in that area. Yeah. Okay. I don't see why – I just don't think his value goes up in the offseason. I'm trying to move him when I get the most value for him. And it's for a playoff push for a team that, you know, maybe he's, uh, you know what, we're close. We need uh, somebody who's a locker room leader type, a calming presence. Um, what team, what team would think – real quick, what team would think that Josh Bailey would help them help 
uh, help move them over the line for a playoff push? Maybe a team like Toronto. And I will say, at least to back your point, if you look at the last three years in the playoffs, Bailey in 2018-19 had eight games played, four goals, two assists, six total points. 2019-2020, 22 games played, two goals, 18 assists, 20 points. In 2020-2021, he had uh, 19 games played, six goals, seven assists, 13 points. So the guy, you know, is shockingly enough, puts up more points on a consistent basis in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. I mean, and I think maybe a team like Colorado also um, could look at him as valuable, somebody to put on their third line. I mean, it'd have to be for a contender, though. That's the whole thing. It has to be for a contender, not a rebuilding team. He doesn't bring anything to a rebuilding team. Um, you know, maybe Ottawa. I mean, but his leadership qualities, it's not like he's a captain. He's an assistant. He's not a vocal leader. At least he doesn't strike. He's a guy who teaches. No, he's not a vocal guy. He looks like a lead by example, quiet guy in a locker room, a guy who's been there, a guy who can help. Well, small, subtle things. Not a guy small and subtle. Kind of exactly what describes Josh Bailey's demeanor in his career. Alexander also said, yeah, not only was the best player for Armoff, but also Dobson had a great game. Yeah, Dobson was really good today. He rung that off the post earlier on today. I was like, oh, so close, man. So close. Yeah. Um, Dobson has improved in leaps and bounds. But like I said, I, if I'm Lou Lamarillo, I'm taking calls on every player on this team except for just a handful. Just a handful of players, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm not talking about them. Everybody else, hey, let's start selling. Let's, let's get it. Embrace the rebuild because it's here. It's here. It's right here. You might Some fans might not think so. It's here right now. It's here. Then we got a con- we got a comment here by Frank K saying Trotz just answered the offseason question. Bailey for Bellos on the power play. He told Lambert to do that. End of story. I can't wait to see Bellos allowed to do his thing on another team without being scolded for no reason. True. That's what happened. And th- what did COVID do? It made sure that Kiefer Bellos got a regular shift in a top six role, didn't have to worry about being benched. And how- what did he do? He performed. That's what young guys do. You give them a little bit of confidence, they get better. My whole feeling about this season at this point is play every young player you have to see who's part of the solution going forward. Everybody who's over 30 is not part of the solution. This team, I I hate to be a harbinger of bad news. This team is not going to be getting better in the next couple of years. Let's start the rebuild now. See what we have in young players, I'm not saying you get rid of every veteran player, but let's see which young players can play. So this way you can say, okay, Kiefer Bellows, yes, he's part of the solution. Ron Salo, no, he's not part of the solution. Otto Koivula, no, he's not part of the solution. So you can go ahead and see which guys, right. given a long enough leash, can show signs that they can improve and which guys over you know a 20-game stretch say, yes, I saw improvement or no, the guy stayed virtually the same, was not able to take in coaching, whatever. And, and I don't disagree with that. Once you get to the point of no return, we definitely need to fully commit to that. Go to full-on tank mode. I don't want to see. Guess what? Josh Bailey, if he's not moving, then healthy scratch every night. Anders Lee, here's the thing: you got a no trade clause. They're not going to do that. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, I don't think you know, Anders Lee needs to be gone. But I, he's he's a contract that's unmovable. I think Bailey, he's got two years left. Shit. I mean, even if you have to get less 
for Anders Lee. You're not going to get he, anything for Anders Lee. Okay. Nobody's okay. going to take him. And he's I, I hate when lead. people say. I hate when people say that the contract is unmovable. No, every contract is movable. It all depends on who you're dealing with. The Scott Gomez deal was unmovable. Well, they found somebody to move him to. It happens. You Scott just have Gomez to didn't have a move clause. Well, but you can sell it to Anders Lee. Is he going to be happy if you're saying that you're going into rebuild mode? Is he going to be is, happy okay, with okay, that? Okay, is, jo is Matt Barzal going to be happy if you say you're going into rebuild mode? You're trying to re-sign him, right? We're going to say, hey, Matt Barzal, all we're going to do is we're going to pull a fast one over, over on Anders Lee. We're going to tell him we're going to rebuild mode. <laughs> Get the kicker. We're just going to go ahead and find somebody to replace him, and he's going to be jettisoned out, and we're going to be back to competing in two years. You sell it to Matt Barzal in a different way. The whole team is being built around you. We're changing stylistically how we play. You're not going to have to be a third-wing grinder on this team anymore. That's how you sell it to Matt Barzell. And I'm going to say again, if Barry Trotz doesn't want to do that, you put somebody else in his coach. If he's not willing to work with the younger team, then he's not the coach you need going forward. Mm. And I'm not belittling his ability as a coach. But at some point in time, it gets to be where it's like, you know what? We want to go in a different direction. If that doesn't work for you, we'll see you later. We'll bring somebody else in. There's nothing wrong with that. The Rangers did it in three freaking years. They sent out the letter to their fan base saying, we're in full rebuild, and with three years, they are back in the playoff picture. How many times did they three win the draft lottery? That's all I'm going to say. You can't bank on that. We're going to win the Those freaking guys draft lottery the two draft. years in a row. So you think that uh, Lafreniere and Kako, have, they're the reason why that team is good? It's Kratz not. Okay, 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 Grump. They've had a lot of other picks early on. Kratzoff is not here, but they've had a lot of picks, and they were also able to sign free agents. Have we shown the ability, the propensity to be able to assign a top-name free agent, Panarin, right? They sign Panarin. They bring him in. Have we ever shown the ability to ever bring in a legitimate... I mean, if you think about it, Panarin is an elite caliber player. He might even be on the fringe of a franchise caliber player. Have we ever shown the ability to entice somebody like that to come to our team? At this point, no, but now you have no excuses. The last excuse to me is Barry Trotz is your coach for offensive players. If you bring somebody else who's not afraid to play a little bit of offense, I think players will come to play with Matt Barzell in a brand new arena. Alexander saying, yeah, this team makes me want to drink in a can of that work. Who don't do <laughs> don't get canned. Uh Drewell says, Hey Josh Bailey. Ooh, ah, I want to know. Will you score a goal? And he sucks. Hey, he scored the other night. So yeah, that, that should tie him over for the next 15 or 20 games. No worries. He's on, I think he's on pace for five goals this year. Man, he is killing it. John a million Smith. bucks a goal. Million bucks a goal. A million bucks a goal. John Smith said Bailey uh, is a Washington Capital spy. He has to be. He can't be that bad. You know what Josh Bailey's like? It's like you get one of those little scratch-off tickets where, you know, win $5 million and just always just empty all the time. <laughs> Nothing. You, Sorry. The, the scratch Better luck next time. Two. They usually give you two of them where it's like, okay, 5,000, 5,000, okay, 2,000, 3,000, okay, 100, $1. Oh, here's my last one. Five, oh, $5. That's at least they give you a little bit to be enticed about, Grump. You said that he wouldn't even have one of them. All different. Here's a conspiracy theorist in me Josh Bailey, who's done nothing all year, all of a sudden he gets a goal and assist and he's automatically one of the top three stars. Uh, not even Matt Barzell, who scored the game winner, Josh freaking Bailey. I just think they say, you know what? 
we got to make sure we give Josh Bailey some love. We know he sucks, but you know, we know he's been taking a real beating by the fans this year. We need to give him a first star. So the people who don't watch the games and just tune in for the little, you know, who were the stars at the game, they look at the end clip. Oh, Josh Bailey is the first star. He must have had a good game. Yeah, not the case. Not the case at all. I tell you, not the case at all. Uh, Anthony R. saying, I'm not going to get mad or throw anything against the wall regarding this team anymore. They just aren't good and don't have it this year. I just hope the powers that be have a good, solid plan next year. Um, that's, the, that's the key, right? That's the key. And we've heard from Tommy Baffey before that, you know, perhaps, just perhaps, that he thinks if, Mayfield, Varlamov, and Bailey will all be gone this offseason, this next offseason. I don't know. Uh, he said he said that, too, last year, that Bailey was probably going to be gone before the season started because they exposed him. Why would they keep him? I'm just not sure Bailey has really any value. But I, I think there needs to be movement on this team. There's needs to – we need to sell out the deadline, and we need to have some sort of movement. We need to change things up, right? I mean, Robin Sallow did not look good today. He was terrible. He was terrible. I will say the same thing I did with, with Kiefer Bells. I will reserve, you know, being ultra critical of him. He's young. He's working his way into the role. Yeah, see, here's the thing. I didn't say he should be benched. I'm just saying he was terrible today. He's a guy, once again, that I'm the rest of the year, I'm playing him, and I'm starting him every game. He's going to play regular shift. Why? I want to see if he's part of the solution. Because if he's not part of the solution – then you have issues on the defensive end. You mentioned Scott Mayfield. Okay, who are you going to replace him with on the back line? I mean, that's where we are. You lose Taves and Letty, and all of a sudden you were really deep defensively a couple of years ago. Now, mm, not so much. And you've let all these guys rot on the vine in the minors without giving them a shot. Who knows what ability if they're ever going to be NHL players at this point. See, that's what happens when you leave guys in the minors too long. They can become overripe. They fall to the ground and you step on them and they're done. <laughs> uh, Bodie Wild is Bodie Wild ever going to get a shot with this organization? Doesn't is feel Bodie like Wild it. even that good? And that's that's the question I have. You look at him; he's not even playing in a Swedish elite league. He's playing in a tier underneath it, the Swedish one league. That's where he they sent seven, him though. Seven points and oh, okay. That, remember, they were fielding offers to loan him out because he didn't want to get vaccinated, whatever it was. That's just so, stupid. okay. That's anyway, stupid. that that's what they did. And so, you know, be it as it may, dumb, smart, I don't care. Okay. As a general manager, your, your, your main thing is to the team. Has he gotten COVID? Seems like everybody else on the whole team has while they're vaccinated. I don't know if this kid has or not. I mean, all I'm saying is it's so short-sighted. It's just dumb. Your responsibility is to the team, right. putting Let's the best players on there. Okay. It's not – don't try to make some type of statement. I okay. hate when people do that. Put the best players on the team. That's a statement I want to make, fielding the best team. That's my statement. I want the best players playing all the time. That's the statement I want to make. <laughs> Already grumpy. But, I mean, with Bodie Wild, I'm not even sure he's got the ability to make it into the NHL. I mean, like he's his performance in the, the Swedish One League this year has not been fantastic. Um, it's just kind of, kind of what it comes down to. I'm not saying he's a lost cause or anything. I'm just saying, him. okay. I've seen I've seen clips here and there. I haven't watched full games of his. I don't have the time to be up at that time or to, to be like halfway through work watching the game. So, but uh, you know, who would you? You have to find Mister Free Agent or Mister Via Trade. So, I mean, you're probably looking Mister Via Free Agent if you're going to fill in Scott Mayfield. 
isn't what can you get for Scott Mayfield? And he's another a guy. First, a first and a second bare minimum. He's deadline. He's a de- you're going to get more for him at the deadline than you are in the offseason. For certain, for certain, because you have it for the full year on a cheap cap hit, and then you get him next year or still on a cheap cap hit. Yeah, I have no problem if we're moving Scott Mayfield and picking up draft picks because that's where we need to go. Our our pipeline is empty. It's empty. Atu Ratu. That's it. Okay. He's what, two, three years away? Maybe two years away. Well, he's he's okay. he's played seventeen on the new team he's been in there. Um oh man. He went okay, he went from Carpot. He's now with Yokrit. He's got eighteen games played, seventeen points, six goals, eleven assists, plus okay. eleven. Okay, but he's not gonna be here next year. I'm talking about no, he'll be he'll be in America next year for certain. Oh, he's not going to be with the Islanders next year. No, he'll be in Bridgeport. He'll be in Bridgeport probably all next year and maybe one additional year, and he'll be up in the in the, in the, for the Islanders organization you have okay. to soon, right? Okay. You're talking about one guy. All your team – how many guys do we have in the 30s on this team who are not going to be here in two years? Because guess what? They're just aged out. There's a we, – we have nothing to – all of our younger players have all graduated to the big team. Wallstrom, Bellows, Sallow, Dobson. Sorokin, those guys are all up with the big team up anymore. Look at our minor league team. Who's on our minor league team stands out? Simon Holmstrom? You're going to put your hat on that guy? I mean, I'm sorry. We just don't have anybody in the minors who's ready to move up. There's a reason why we're one of the worst-rated teams with minor league prospects, because we don't have any. Because you keep on trading away draft picks, trying to chase something that was never going to happen because the team was not good enough. Like I said years ago, not good enough. I'm just trying to look through. I mean, you could find here's the thing. Maybe you could find a stopgap guy if that's what you're looking for. But I, you know, geez, man. that's fine. That's fine. But there's it's not like you, you try to roll the dice and bring Nick Letty back. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nick Letty's in his 30s now. I don't want Nick Letty back. I know. I just what I'm, would you give him a five year deal? No, I'm playing. I'm laughing. I'm playing around with you, Grumpy. But I'm will. If you want to sign a guy who's 30 to two years, I have no problem with that. None at all. I mean, I mean, Mark Giordano might be one. I'm looking that are still. I, I know. I'm saying it's a short-term contract. He's 38. Why would he want to come here to a rebuilding team at 38? I mean, they're saying that there's a possibility he goes back to Calgary, that uh, the Kraken send, uh, sends him back to Calgary. So if we're looking, if we're looking at legitimate left-handed defense or uh, lefty defenseman, that are left-handed shot defensemen, right? You really, May, at, May, Mayfield's a right shot defenseman. He's he's a. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. He's he's a right. He's a right. He's a right defenseman, but left shot. Okay, he plays a right side. I know, but he's he's a left-handed defenseman. Okay, right? plays on the right side, but left-handed. So you're looking at left-handed Mark Giordano. You could still get, or maybe I'm fucking this all up. Maybe maybe okay. No, I'm I'm fucking this all up. I got it messed up in my head. I apologize. We can um, talk about this another day. I was about to say, I'm saying there are options out there free agent wise. Again, you know, that aura of Scott Mayfield. Scott Mayfield is had an okay season. He gets away with a lot when you talk about. He's a playoff defenseman. And teams need those. That's why you move a guy like that at the play. You try to move whoever you can at the deadline. I'm Mm -hmm. a big seller at the deadline. Matt Martin's going to get you nothing. So you might as well keep him for the end of the year. Casey Zizekas. I don't think he has any value anymore since he signed that ridiculous contract. That's a guy I'd consider moving. Why? Because you have Zach Parise who could fill in or um, 
Jarnak, who can fill in very admirably at the fourth line center role, without yeah. a doubt, who get paid nickels, pennies on the dollar, and they're one year deals. Why not those guys play in the bottom four role? You don't need bottom three role. I'm sorry, the bottom uh, pairing. Why on God's green earth would you even consider keeping uh, Sezikis? He'd be on the block for me. If you're, and I'm sorry, if you're looking for a, a righty defenseman, Grump, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm looking for a guy who's younger that you can have for some third. Remember, you're only looking for a second pair. You're looking for a third pairing. You're looking for a top six, a third pairing defenseman. Right. Because when everything is all healthy, right, that's what Mayfield is. He's the third guy, right? Because you've got Pulak who steps back in, Noah Dobson plays the same side, and then you've got Mayfield. Right. I mean, you're looking. You're looking. You're looking for one of the guy who could play bottom line minutes. And like, okay, if you're looking, I mean, Rasmus Ristolainen's a free agent this off season. There's a lot of guys who are listed as free agents this off season. But it'd just be interesting to see what direction we go. I, I mean, like John Klinberg. I'm just saying, you know, if you're we need to generate more offense, right? That's what I think is that's been our biggest issue. We don't have enough offensive minded defensemen. That's all. Okay. We also don't have any offensive minded forwards either. I mean, which is even a bigger issue, right? That is true. And once again, we have how many guys on multi-year deals? Got to move some of those guys out. I just Yar said, TJ, no more projecting points. It's so painful. We're just not good. You're fooling yourself. So more, the Islanders are fooling us all. Yeah. More so. I just, hey, I'm just going to stick with what I said out to do. I don't think the Islanders are making a playoffs, but I'm still sticking with what I said I'd do. That's all. Uh, Frank C. saying here, it felt like we were down by four goals the whole game. True. If we Honestly, I thought we had a legitimate shot because we were only down by one goal. But in essence, it felt a lot more like, like I said, once we went down two, if we went down two goals, game was over. No doubt in my mind. 18 points behind. Come on, let's be realistic. Matthew S. saying, Bailey. Uh, Rich A saying, yeah, Bailey has 22 shots in 22 games this year. He plays on the power play and on the first line. Let that shit sink in. That I mean, that's it's not like we don't have options. And that's the point where I point the finger at the head coach and say, hey, yeah, if we didn't have any options and all the other play were double amputees out there on the ice, then I could say, yeah, Josh Bailey's the only guy we've got. We have other options. Who decides a lineup? Who, who puts a lineup out there? Oh, yeah, that's right. Barry Trotz does. Barry Trotz does. He said that's malpractice. And uh, Frank C saying here, uh, Bellos buries that shot that Bailey yeah. was in. Shoots Frank the puck. A said Barry, <laughs> Bailey intelligently didn't shoot the puck because, <laughs> because gravity wasn't on his side. He felt the puck needed to be a little bit more an acute angle, an acute angle, grumpy old man. Yes, I didn't shoot. Angle. Not acute angle. Acute, yes. I know. Um, I know acute grumpy and acute Here's angle. The I know. It's Let the fact that shoot. he wouldn't even consider shooting the puck from there, and the defense and the goaltender knew it. They were moving away from Bailey before he still had the puck on his stick, and they're playing pass. The goaltender was playing pass. Three foot from his net, and the goaltender, once he saw it was Bailey, didn't go to the post. He started kicking back to the center of the net. That tells you all you need to know about the scouting report on Josh Bailey. He won't shoot the puck. Yeah. Drew L saying here, literally Chara could bury that shot. Yeah. Rich Hay saying, yeah, didn't Bailey pass on that 2-0 when he had an empty net? Um, it wouldn't shock me. He probably did. Tony Chi saying, I like Josh Bailey. <laughs> 
He strikes oh, me as a guy who likes Josh Bailey. <laughs> John Smith saying, uh, how does that not get you a healthy scratch the next game? I that is that will be the biggest mystery. When you see something like that and you will because I promise you you'll not be healthy scratched. He needs to be. But the fact that you saw that how the hell is he not gonna be healthy scratched? Because we know he won't be. We know yeah. that. Right. <sighs> Man. Yeah, that's 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 the part that's the part that drives me nuts when you see something like that. That's it's it's grossly he's a, cow. he's a sacred cow. He says, I can't wait for competition. I like competition. Your ass should be sitting on a freaking bench for the next three days. If, have many seconds you have with a wide open net, you sit that many games. If there was competition, Josh Bailey would not be in the lineup. Simple as that. If there was true competition, Bailey would not be in line. That is correct. Sarnak, who's played well, would play over him tomorrow until Kyle Palmieri comes back and he's healthy off the scratch list or he's healthy off the IR. Then maybe you'd say, okay, Kyle Palmieri, earn yourself a spot. Josh Bailey, after a performance like that, would sit his ass on the pine till he had splinters sticking up there. Some of these guys need to have a fire lit under their butts to get them to perform. And Josh Bailey's capable of it. He played one or two good games a year. Where you know he looks really good, like he could play in the NHL. One or two games a year, he does that. That's not enough to earn you five million dollars in my book. Ralph Macchio, there, Grumpy. Let's talk about something that puts a little smile on your face. I do like. That. I do. I like Ralph Macchio. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> he is a low karate kid. I like Ralph Macchio too. Uh, Daniel Larusso. Oh, that's fun stuff. Fun stuff, man. I appreciate that, Eve, for sending that to me. Um, and then Alexander says, but with Robin Sallow, you're going to see mistakes, but he'll learn from them. I think Sallow has a lot of talent and will be better. Right. And that's why I said, even though he was, I thought he was miserably bad today, he made a boatload of mistakes. I'm still riding him the rest of the season. Why? Because you want him to learn at this point. Season's over. Season's over. Let's learn who can play at this level. Let's give Robin Salo every single chance to succeed. Why? Because we want to see if he can be counted on going forward. And Brandon Gaines. Whatever role it is. How about giving Salo an actual right-handed defenseman as his partner? Bingy. Brandon is 100% right there because, for me, why is it that the young guy always has to play on his offside on this team? Why are the veterans never playing on their offside? Wouldn't you want the rookies or the younger players to feel more comfortable? Give them a greater chance to succeed by moving the veteran who's been in the league for, I don't know what, 20 years. Give him a play him on the other side so the other kid more feels more comfortable. Why does the younger player always have to be given the extra responsibility of playing his offside? I never understand that, but Barry's always done that, always. Going back to when Dobson was playing with Boychuk. I'm like, why is Boychuk, Johnny Boychuk, an 18-year veteran in this league, not playing on his offside, and no adoption has to learn how to play another side. Just it's just dumb. Baptism by fire, baby. Brandon Gaines says, Is it really hard to roll out a top four of Pelic Dobson and Sallow and Mayfield? Well, you're going to have about 15 to 17 minutes a night of you're going to be hemmed in your own zone, possibly hemorrhaging five or six shots every shift. I mean, could you imagine Green and Char on the ice at the same time? I, I'd love to Ooh. see a pairing of Dobson and Pelic. I, I would, too. I'd like to see Salo and Mayfield. I think Salo and Mayfield would be more prone to being successful. Uh, Salo is not going to be successful with Green out there on the ice. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. He's not going to be successful with Mayfield either. Not at this point. He's not ready. He's not ready. I'm not saying you should cut his minutes, 
but I would not expect him to be a top four player at this point in time. Just not. We keeping you awake over there, DJ? Yeah, you are. Alexander said, but like you said, Grump, we got to see Bellows Parcel Wallstrom at some point this season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. here's the thing. Even if you want to play conservative, play Barzell with Wallstrom and that anchor at left wing Lee, if you want to do that for a while. I mean, because Anders Lee's not coming back and playing any defense either. I hate to tell you. Um, <laughs> but let's say you feel, oh, well, we can't go that drastic. Well, then rotate. Then for the next game, put Bellows with Barzell and put Palmieri on the other way. Just something like that when he comes back and is healthy. Something like that if you feel like, oh, we can't risk that much defensively. But I want to see those two kids play with Matt Barzell. They're the only two kids who are not afraid to shoot the puck anytime it hits their stick. And Matt Barzell would benefit having guys like that on his line. It's got to be tough for Matt Barzell. That's what I would do. I don't think they will, but that's what I would do. You want to remember I talked about what it was like. I showed, I told you we'd see a little bit of a film from uh, when the Islanders beat the Devils. So this is what the Devils bench was. Now, again, the Islanders and the Devils are near each other in the standings. I just want you to watch how the Islanders react to losing to the Devils 3-2. to two. I just want you well, to watch this. The, the Islanders beat the Devils. I'm sorry. The Devils losing to the Islanders 3-2. to two, Or you know, they lost. Yeah, the Islanders beat the Devils 3-2. to two. I'm sorry. And this is Devils how the Devils bench reacted. I want you to watch this. <laughs> do, you, do you think we would ever have... I'm not saying you should get angry, start slamming your sticks, but do you ever think we'd ever see any passion like this? I think the first time... Look at the guy right here. Look at the athletic trainer. I think it's like he's like, holy shit, sticks are flying over here. He's looking over. I think the first shot, we see a little bit of a stick action, a stick shard. Yeah, there's the top part of the stick going flying into the screen. Think about it. The Devils were decimated with COVID too, right? Decimated with COVID injuries, and I mean they're down a four-string goalie. They lost three to two to the. I'm Islanders. not using that as an excuse because I didn't use it as an excuse when it happened to the Islanders, and I refuse to use it for the Devils. But that's the reaction you get when you say to yourself, "Man, we lost to a team we're just better than. We played better than them. We shouldn't have lost to them. We did X, Y, Z better." Not everybody slamming their sticks. It's only one guy who's slamming his stick right here. And albeit, I don't know too much about Johnson right here, but it, just look at the anger. I mean, I'm not saying that we need to see that type of emotion of throwing sticks. I would like to see some sort of emotion out of our team, though. There is no. That all shows emotion. Yeah. Certain players show emotion on a consistent basis. I'd like Barry to see it a little bit more like they're personally invested in this team's success. And it's not just like, ah, oh, shit, man. Uh, we lost another one. Ah, uh, we lost another one. Yeah, Barry wants doesn't like that type of emotion. Sometimes I think I'm sports, saying it's always trust me, it's not always good. Sometimes you need it though. I think that sports is you always play with when you're a little bit emotional, get you up a little bit. I think it's bad. Blase, laissez faire. I don't oh, just don't we're think just saying even keel. We're just here, yeah. we're just bopping around, we're existing. That doesn't yeah. get you anywhere. You wanna know how you get them to play? You only get paid if you win. <laughs> Let's see how hard you play then. I bet you Josh Bailey be skating his ass all over the ice then. Ba Bailey, you're not getting a paycheck unless you hustle, unless I deem you as hustling out there. That's that's Andreas Janssen, 27 years old for the Devils. This year, 35 games played, 9 goals, 12 assists, 21 points. Yeah. Plays second-line minutes for him. So it's not like it's some random-ass benchy over there who's throwing a 10-per-tantrum and a fit. Andreas Janssen, Johansson, I'm sorry. 
Uh, so I did. I did think you would find that little clip funny. <laughs> um, and then we've got here Eve L saying here, "Sit Martin, not Sezikis." Sit Martin, not Jarnak. He says, "I'm sorry, Jarnak. God Almighty." Um, you want me I'm, to just? You just want to pick pick, pick him up, and I'll read him. No, Johnson is saying Dobson made a, a made two horrible passes on the last power play trying to set up Wallstrom. I think it was a setup. I just I I mentioned it during the podcast. It seemed like they were too linear. There wasn't enough acute angles, as you will, um, with the guys on the side. I thought they were way too flat, and he couldn't get the puck. And I even mentioned, I think, on the live stream, I said those passes are just they're in the wrong spot wrong. for him. Yeah. Oh man, oh, he was man. too flat. Uh, Walson was too far back, and but why was he too far back? Because Washington was real aggressive pressing the guys at the line. They chose him not. To, first of all, with Josh Bailey's one of the guys out there. You don't even have to cover him. He doesn't even have to be. He was, he was all on that last power play. Know, maybe he saying. should play a short shift. Alexander said, uh, "I can hit that net, Grumpy. You can hit that net, TJ. You can hit that net. What the freak? He should be up there uh, with uh, Brad. Who's that?" Brad Delgarno and Scott Lachance. Brad Delgarno and Scott Lachance. Del okay. Well, it's Delgarno. Delgarno. There's no R. All right. He just typed in. It's Brad oh, Delgarno. gotcha. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Josh Bailey, that freaking guy sucks. He is terrible. He's terrible. Uh, that's And that's being generous, honestly. Shooters Puck Hockey says, I always think to myself, like, it's been nearly 40 years since we've won our last cup. Will this? Will they ever win again? Shaking my head. At this point, the rags will win for us. You could um, say you look at the youth that they've got. They've got a fantastic goalie like we do. Um, they've got a defenseman who is a bona fide, you know, top ten, top fifteen defenseman in the NHL, and Adam Fox too. I remember in the early 1980s, Islander fans chanting, chanting at the Rangers when they came to the Coliseum, 1940, 1940, and. That's because the Rangers hadn't won in 40 years. Well, we're just about there now. I mean, I, I hate to tell you, what are the, you know, it doesn't have the same ring as 1940. What do you say? 1983. I mean, what are you going to say? It's like 1980. You might not think it does, dude, but Christ almighty, ever in 2020s. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's been a long time. Mm. Uh, Zampa, 26, saying, uh, with the money they pay Bailey, uh, he's not worth it. I mean, his stats say it all. 943 games, 164 goals, 361 assists. That's 524 points over his entire career. Pretty sad. So For Joe Schmo from never playing, like, oh, okay, he's a professional hockey player. Terrific. Josh Bailey is extremely successful. He's a professional hockey player. But in the realm of relativity, when we're talking about how he performs as an NHLer, eh, not so much. So what are you looking like, 43 points a year? That's good enough for a guy who plays first line, second line for the majority of his career, first or second line player. Not good. I didn't even think. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I tell you, that suspension was bullshit. Also, Matthew S says, um, Frank K saying here, Barry calling the shots from his living room. It's enough. And True. Martin's so done. True. Uh, again. Yep. And Mario says here, the shoulder to the head defenseman on the uh, on a prone position. If Barzal was the one receiving that end. Everybody would be crying in the NHL is biased and against the Islanders if no suspensions were issued. Here's the thing. It was called a two-minute minor on the ice, and it wasn't until – it's more of how you get up. A guy gets right back up, and he's fine. He, okay. 
That guy played 10 shifts after that. He didn't. Okay. When we showed in slow-mo too, he was not flying in there. He put a little bit of a check on him. The guy had his head down. Keep your freaking head up. You just look at it. Regular speed doesn't even look like a penalty. To me, it doesn't even look like a penalty. When you super slow-mo it from a certain angle, that's what replay is ruining sports, ruining it. George Pace wants to know why Josh Bailey's plus mine hey, is. Hey, Josh Bailey. We want to know why your plus minus blows. <laughs> Maybe a one game suspension, certainly not three. Uh, Drew L saying definitely that's, right on that's that. the first time he's ever been suspended, too. They usually elevate those suspensions if a you've three had more game than suspension one. right off the bat. He made contact with the shoulder first. I get he's in a prone position, uh, but here's the thing. First-time offense like that, maybe a one-game suspension. Three-game suspension and a $15,000 fine at least. Look how the referees talk to him every single game. Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. They talk to him like he's freaking Tom Wilson. Or like he's two years old. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, we let other guys do whatever they want out there in the ice. It's ridiculous. Mm. Brandon Gaines saying here, let's say Lou and Trotz get fired after this season. Who replaces them? He's not getting fired. They're not getting fired. They won't be fired. Yeah, unfortunately. Lou is definitely not getting fired. Barry Trotz, I don't think so either. But if I'm looking for a new coach, Joel Quinville's the guy I want. That's the guy I want. If you ask me. Got to go, gotta go through the league. Got to go through Gary Bettman. I don't care. That's what we need, Gary. We got a brand new arena here. People aren't coming. We laid out how many millions and millions and millions of dollars. We want Joel Quinville. Make it happen. Believe me. All they care about, all the NH, they can say they care anything about all this other stuff. They don't. They're just like every other league. All they care about is money. And if you want enough and say, hey, look at how much money we've spent on this damn team, brand new arena. We want this guy as coach. Make it happen. I don't care what PR spin you have to do. Make it happen. Ask you this. Who will be looking at then regarding general managers? If I look for a general, I want somebody young. I want a young. I, I don't you have want somebody who's going to do analytics then. I'll take whoever the assistant in Tampa Bay is right now. That's who I want. <laughs> oh, man. Or an assistant in Detroit. Somebody who's learning under Eisman or learning under Breezebois. Those are the type of guys I want. You know, the funny thing is, I'm looking at NBC Sports. This is an article written on September 6th of 2021. They did their rankings of top general managers. And I'm just going to, I'm going to show you. How it, how it goes down. You might get a kick out of this one, Grumpy. Oh, I know Lou Lamarillo is going to be up there high. Well, how about this? The only general managers ahead of Lou Lamarillo are Julian Breeze Bra, Joe Sackick, and then Lou Lamarillo. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lou I look listed in, in, in general managers. For oh. me, I'm I'm looking at the teams where they have younger GMs, okay, so you know they're not going anywhere, and have teams that play the modern style of hockey. So hmm. Your Florida Panthers, your Colorado I Avalanche. UI. I love Steve UI. You're right, Detroit, guys like that. That's who I'm looking for. How is Kelly McCrimmon up that high? I don't know. Um, Don, Don Waddle in Carolina. Yeah. So, Those are the guys I'm looking at. Yeah. You got you to entice them away from somebody else, but you well, know, somebody no, no, no. of that ilk. Somebody of that ilk. You can get somebody who's an assistant 
in those organizations with young guys. You know those GMs aren't going anywhere for a long time. So these guys want to get a shot. Go after a young GM and Joel Quinville is coach. That's what I want. Jewel said that's probably why Bailey was out there on a power play again, despite not shooting more. Talk about him being a spy for, for Washington Capitals. Frank K saying Lee was awful today. I disagree. I say Lee is awful. Not just was. He is awful. Mario D saying, why is Wallstrom sent uh, sent to the third line for a slump and Bailey promoted to the first line for the bottom uh, for, uh, for his bottom line played uh, for the bottom? Can you read that for me? Why is Rawlstrom sent to the third line for slumping and Bailey is promoted to the first line for his bottom line play? Great D, but still lost. Need to get need to score. Gotcha. Um, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I don't. I've never In got. Other words, why was Wallstrom sent to the third line when he was slumping and Bailey, who's been miserable all year, get promoted to the first line? I agree with that. Uh, I, here's the thing. Bailey fails upwards, and we talked about this when he originally made and found his way on the first line. He'll struggle and somehow get elevated to the first line. Or a guy like Wallstrom, who's been very good this season and shows brilliance out there at least once or twice every single game, finds a way to get demoted and play less minutes on time on the ice. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it's what makes me question, if we're going to retool and we want to integrate young players, Barry Trotz is not the coach. Sorry, he's not. Then you move on from it. Like I said, if I'm, he's not not willing, he's not a, I'm not saying he's not a great coach, but he's not the coach that our team needs for the structure we're going to have to be successful going forward. We are going to have to integrate young players in order to be successful. Barry Trotz has never shown the ability to do that. In Nashville, for the millions of years he was there, the almost two decades he was there, and in Washington, never wants to integrate young players, and it's left both organizations scratching their head. And again, he won't do it here either, ladies and gents. If we are looking to say, hey, we're going to need to use some younger players. We're going to start building up on some draft picks. You know, we you know we still want to be competitive. But, you know, two, three years from now, we want to start getting these young guys in. We're building up the prospect pool. We're going to load up on picks here. This is a really strong draft. We think they'll be ready in two, three years. You have to you have to change. You have to change mind. You have to play some of the younger guys. And Quinville has done that with two teams now, Chicago and Florida. Think about what he did with Spencer Knight last year. <laughs> Proboski had a bad game. Okay. He said, hey, Spencer Knight, go out there. You're goalie for us in game six. What is it, game five of the of the uh, of, of their series against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning? Think about what he did with Chicago when they first won a cup. No one thought they were good enough or they were way too young. No shot. That's what happens when you show trust and faith in younger players. They reward you. Older players are what they are. They're not getting better. Young guys have a chance to get better. Anti 66 said, can we stop talking playoffs? Please. Okay. I'll stop all talking I'll, playoffs. All I'll say is if we don't make the playoffs, and it's obvious this is going to be a much happier podcast, if you believe that. We because, could just talk about selling off at the deadline, accumulating draft picks, and looking forward to the draft. And we're going to be looking at younger players. And then we look at what do they need to work on? Are they part of the solution? It'll be a more positive podcast. I don't think they're going to do that, though. I think it'll be very telling to see what they do at the trade deadline. If we set at the trade deadline and maybe give off one piece like Cal Clutterbuck and keep everything else, we're in trouble. 
because they are not going to adopt any sort of changes. Think about it. If we only sell off one piece of the deadline, let's say it's Cal Clutterbuck on expiring deal and and uh, Zidane Chara on expiring deal, and we just continue to roll the same exact lineup out there without giving the young guys additional minutes, I'm letting you know something. They are not committed to playing younger players. They're not committed to that style. Well, then you need to move on from Barry Trotz. And if Lou Lamarillo doesn't want to do it, then you move on from him too. And that's ownership. Ownership needs, hey, this is not working. What is your plan? Tell us your plan. Yeah. I mean, because they they have to have a plan in place. They're not just going to say, oh, it's just a bad year. We'll roll the same trash out next year. That can't be the plan. If I'm an owner, I say, that plan doesn't work for me. <laughs> you, Fredo, the armadillo, get the hell out of my building. Get the hell out of here. John- You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. John Smith saying, Arizona took Colorado to overtime yesterday. Don't assume that's a win. Not with how anemic the offense has been. I'll tell you one thing. It will be a low-scoring game because both teams struggle to score goals. I think we're number one where they're going to be the worst and the second-worst teams in goals scored a game. The Arizona the Arizona Coyotes and the Islanders. It's pretty I still, bad. I still fancy us to win that game. Okay, Grumpy. Um, Drew Ellis said, at this point, I just want to talk about the first overall pick. I don't think we'll get the first overall pick anyway, but if we're picking a top 10, it'll give us some time to review some of the players coming up, though, for certain. Uh, I promise you we will be doing a lot of homework. Where last year, we didn't have to do too much homework because we knew there was no way in hell we had a first-round pick. Uh, don't worry about it. This year, we're going to be doing a lot of homework on the draft. The same way we did when it was we had we picked Dobson and Wallstrom. Same way when we yeah. picked Simon Holmstrom. We still were doing a lot of research. This will be the first year we'll probably have a first-round pick, what, in the last four years? Forever. We haven't had a first-round pick in the last three years. We traded away at the first trade deadline for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Then we did it for Andy, or was it Andy Green was a second-round pick? Andy Green was a second. A second, and who else did we add that year? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, Drew L. said, got to be better than than, uh, Alexis Lafreniere. Oh. Uh, Mario said, the Rags have a better goalie. I don't know that. He's playing better this year. Remember, he was not good last year. I think Sorokin is better overall than uh, Shostakin. Oh, what's it, Shostakin, right? Shostakin. Yeah. I think if, if Sorokin was allowed to play more games, it's easier for him to find a little bit of rhythm. I do believe that, too. I and think I'm he's the guy. He needs to play more games in a row. Yeah, I not- was not the reason we lost today. Don't get it twisted. Don't say like, oh, I'm trying to say Varlamov needs to be riding the pine. Just saying for Sorokin's development, he needs to play more games. Yeah, and I'm not selling Shesterkin as a bad goalie. He's fantastic. He's he's top five goalie in the NHL, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Um, and then Frank Hayes said, this team is about to suck for the next four or five years. Um, Maybe. Thomas B. saying here, I forgot. I never want to see this team lose. However, I'm so conflicted now. This team needs to remake... And uh, if they lose now, uh, if if they win now, it's just going to delay the inevitable. That's kind of how I feel too, Thomas. I feel the same exact way. We do need to have changes made to this team. I want to see us make the playoffs, but I know if we do make the playoffs, we are going to see the same exact bullshit that has gotten us into this point and without acknowledging that there's an actual issue. There is an issue, and I think that is where people need to realize. Some people are still on the fringe of this is a write-off. This year is not a write-off. This is an actual issue the team has. And this team is more than one or two players away. Like I hear a lot, oh, we'll just tweak here, tweak there. No, no. Look at how we've played. 
Look at how we've looked on the ice. Look at how slow we look out there. Look how we're not able to string two passes together because our guys can't catch up to the puck. It's always just off the tip of their stick because they can't skate as well anymore. This team needs to be totally redone. Blow it up. Start over. Sweden Snowball says, what's up? What's up, Sweden Snowball? Mario says, I'd laid this defeat on whomever, like how I used the the, uh, the proper term, whomever put Bailey back on the power play. You think that's Lane Lambert or you think it's Trotz? Um, Frank K thinks he's he's pretty adamant it's Trotz. Well, tr- I, I can't say in-game what he's doing, but I guarantee you that Barry is talking at intermission with Lane Lambert and saying what he sees. Which is not actually not good for Lane Lambert. He's just like Barry. It's like he's getting handcuffed. Hey, I'm going to tell you what we need to do. Yeah, I get it. You're not here right now. Let me do things. I need to be in control if I want to be the general manager or be the head coach. That's right. That's right. Warzone senior citizen says you trade Bailey and Clutterbuck for a third to a fourth rounder, Varlamov and Mayfield for a first. Mayfield is going to bring you a lot more than a first round pick just because of how cheap he is. I mean, that guy commits capital capital murder or he commits murder out there on the ice and uh, never gets called against. I mean, how many infractions did he commit today and none of them were called against him? I, had only, like three four. Only two, I think only two or three. About three penalties that were worth being called against and he was not sent to the box once. But think about it. If you get yourself, let's say you get a first and a second for Mayfield and a first for Varlamov, I don't think the mark. I think that's an off-season move, honestly. Varlamov, I think, is an off-season move too. I agree. So let's say you get a first and a second for Mayfield, and a third or and a fourth. Uh, that means you have like another four picks as well as yours. All right, now you now you can make a little bit of movement in the draft this year. You can move up, get some high-end talent. That's what you need to do. This this draft class is loaded with talent, guys. I'm not just saying it because our season looks to be in the, the dumps, but this year is loaded with talent. Tony Chi saying, "I'm convinced Bailey just helps his teammates' kids with their SAT on their with their SATs. He's so freaking smart. It's the world's most expensive tutor." I agree. Tony Chi says, "Let's hold off on rebuilding until we play the Flyers. No. If we lose that game, count this season over." <laughs> I hate the Flyers, man. Do I hate the Flyers? I hope we beat the Flyers, man. Do you remember TJ? I don't remember how many years ago it was. Maybe five, six. We could never beat the Flyers. I hated watching those. Dude, games. We had lost. I remember watching on Valentine's Day. It's like the Islanders have lost the last thirteen straight games what? against the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers. I was like, holy shit, really? Yeah. The Flyers. There's no team I hate more than the Flyers. Have to beat them twice. <laughs> what happens if I don't beat them, Grump? Ugh. I'm just gonna be unhappy. Actually, be better if we don't beat if we don't beat the Flyers two games in a row. Man, full on rebuild, tank it all the rest of the way. Start sitting some of the guns that aren't performing. Start saying, yeah, actually, we want to call up. Uh, maybe I mean Simon Holmstrom is already like, what is he on the taxi squad or is he off the taxi squad? It's tough for me to keep track. But I mean, that's that's time where it's starting to say, hey guys, what we put out there didn't work. None of your jobs are secure. None of their jobs should be secure. First off, that's right. We're that's the thing. Miserably, but like I need something that's to be a wake up call. Hopefully, not making the playoffs and being so far out of the picture that we have no chance should be a wake up call that something else needs to change. We cannot continue to roll the same shit out there. Well, get ready, Sal P. With the fantastic Maddie and the Jag shirt that you can get at the uh, Islanders Islanders Never Say Die merchandise st- store. He's got his Maddie and the Jag shirt on. It says, is there any way someone would take the entire fourth line? I'll tell you, someone would definitely take Clutterbuck, Martin, no shot in hell, 
Yeah. I, I, to me, Zizekas, probably see, not. that's why you don't give Sezikis a six-year deal because now he's unmovable. I mean, you give him, I said two years, right? Didn't I say, if you want him back that bit, two years. That's it, two years. Brian B said, in our dreams, maybe. <laughs> you know the funny thing? I don't dream, Grumpy. Did I ever tell you that? I don't dream. So I did dream, though, today. I went up sleeping in preparation for a big day of podcasting. I went up sleeping for like 13, like 12, 13 hours. So I had a dream that I had a dream, very rare. I had a dream that one of my friends died. It was a weird dream. I never dreamed. So I was like, I called him up like, hey, I just talked with him a bit today, but I never dream. Uh, I I don't know. You can tell you have no children if you're able to sleep 12 or 13 hours. (laughs) I'm just telling you. I don't have any kids yet. That's right, Grumpy. Brian B said, in our dreams, maybe LOL. Christopher C. Grumpy said, uh, we never should have played him. This game should have been canceled. Yeah, he's only canceled so many. Gosh, and capitals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Frank K saying the Islanders will never attract a top free agent. I agree with that. I'm not I, sure they will. I disagree, but they have to change a lot of things to make uh, to make the Islanders more appealing to free agents, particularly guys who score. But here's the thing. Free agent contracts, they you never really, for the most part, get value in those deals. You got to build through the draft. That's how you have to – that's why trading away first-round picks is – unless you're right there, and we were never right there, we, this team's never won anything under Barry Trotz. Nothing. Never won a division, never won a conference, never won a Stanley Cup. We were never that close. You don't keep on trading away draft picks. Why? Because they're cheap and they're young and they enable you to move veterans or pick up veterans just because of the cheapness of their contracts. If you continue to re-sign veterans to long-term deals – that's why you're in cap jail. Mm. Drew L saying, I mean, I could make a grotesque joke about Bailey, but uh, uh, keep it on the burners forever. But I'll keep it on the burners forever. Okay. Got you in the back burners. Uh, Jeremy Ford saying, who would you rather have out there, Leo Komroff or Josh Bailey? Um, on the first line, I, I got to say neither. But I guess Bailey, Bailey's probably at this stage better than Komroff. Unfortunately, I'd pick Bailey as well. Um, uh, Warzone Sears says here he's upset there. Well, again, with them forcing the vaccine shots, um, but everybody else got COVID on the team. And then Thomas B saying, Come man, exactly. Bodie Wild will be a good player on this team. I hope he turns out. I hope he does. Uh, and uh, here's the thing other teams had players who decided not to get COVID shots, like Tyler Bertuzzi was one. Bertuzzi's having a freaking monstrous year. Monstrous year, Bertuzzi for the for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. The thing is, I'm like, you know, they said, "All right, you're just not playing any well, games in true. Canada." Simple it's as true that. about COVID shots; they don't stop you from getting it. What it does is it limits the symptoms that you get if you do catch it. That's all that they do. And again, I'm vaccinated. He's vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. No, no sure. not our right or anybody's right to say you have to get vaccinated. Yeah. Jeremy F. saying here, Hampus Limholm is the only defenseman out there uh, heading the free agency that has any interest for me. Is he really that good, though? And why would Anaheim move him? They're playing pretty good this year. I'm about to say they have a lot of cap space available. They got like 11 million in cap space right now today. So they don't, next they don't year, need so they have additional him. cap space. Yeah. I mean, how much do you want to pay for a guy like that? Uh, Mucky Betzer says Michael Del Cole or Invisibaley. 
again, they're they're just they're both just garbage at this point. Does it matter? Um, he also says Grumpy is right. Islanders are regressing this season. Need a mini rebuild. I agree. Grumpy goes full build, full rebuild. I'm doing a mini, mini rebuild. Works okay. Better. What? How many guys are you moving out of mini rebuild, TJ? Oh, we've gone over this. Okay, six. No, not six. Okay, then I if six is a mini, if six. Is oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We there's already guys that will be gone next year, right? Andy Green's not returning. Zidane Chara is not returning. We've already gone over that. Cal Clutterbuck is probably Cal Clutterbuck should not be returning next year. Those are three guys, and neither is Zach Parise. Those are four players on a team. I don't consider that a full-on rebuild. That's assuming you don't make any trades or make any other adjustments, right? If you get rid of if you get rid of Varlamov and you're able to get something returned, fantastic. If you get rid of Mayfield and you're able to have a viable option to get something returned, that's fantastic. I don't consider six people off the off the off of the active roster from last year a, a major rebuild or a full rebuild. Okay. See, I'm willing to move at least two more guys. I'm willing to move eight. Okay. I'm saying the four need to definitely be gone. Green, Kyle Clutterbuck, Chara, Parise. All four of those players need to be gone. No way fans or butts about it. I See, I'd re-sign Parise to be a fourth-line center, try to move Casey. Matt Martin, gone. No, we got Zarnak. We don't need, need Parise. We got Zarnak. We don't need Parise. Okay, that's fine. But you're going to need you're gonna need somebody else. You're going to need... Um, can you move Kyle Palmieri? Is he movable? No. Um, Come on. I'm just, I'm just saying those are guys I'm willing to move. They yeah. make a lot of money and they're in their thirties. Jeremy Ford here saying, I'd like to have uh, Sallow Pulak, Pelic Dobson, and Aho and Hutton. I tell you what, Hutton played much better. The more he played, the better he looked. Yep. I'd see. That's I want. I'd love to see Hutton playing up. Absolutely, love to see Hutton playing up top. Andrew Will said, hard to believe the New York Islanders kept Johnny Boychuk and Deltoy Devontae's. What a shame. The Pulak injury is the main reason. Is, oh, is the Pulak injury the main reason for the Islanders' woes? So, no, we actually got rid of we got rid of uh, Devontae's and we got rid of, actually, Nick Letty. We didn't know at the time period when we trade away Devontae's. We said we didn't have the cap space. We Apparently, Lou Lamarillo was unaware that Johnny Boychuk was going to retire. That's the only reason that would have forced him so preemptively to get rid of De- Devontae's in that spot. Remember, because he had to retire due to injury, but that happened after we traded away Devon Taves. Yeah, that was a colossal blunder by Lou Lamarillo. If he didn't know that Johnny was going to retire or how bad his eye injury was, that's on him. That's on him. But they should have moved Letty as opposed to Taves. Yes. Taves is a younger player with upside. Letty, it, it, well, you saw all the warts that Letty had. Mm-hmm. He was never getting any better. He's 29 years old. Go with the younger guy with upside. And you're seeing it play out right before your eyes. Everything that we have said has played out right before your eyes. That's the thing that makes it frustrating. I mean, it, for me anyway, it's very, very frustrating. You wanted the fantastic part about it, and I did not know this until Andy Francis brought it up. In the 23 games Devontae has played this year for the Colorado Avalanche, he's got 26 points which is fantastic for a defenseman. Seven goals over that time period. He's got. He's a plus 27. He's not had one single game where he has been a minus on the score sheet in the 23 games he's played. Holy shit. Let that sink in. Yeah. Andy well, Francis, that's fantastic. That's fantastic work. I had no idea. 23 games played so far this year for him. He has not been a minus in one game. Not one. Not even a game where he's like, uh, uh, staying up late all night with the kids. Not one single game was he a minus. We called that as soon as that trade was made, didn't we? 
dumbest freaking move. And I, I said, this would be the worst trade. He's going to light it up in Colorado. I tell you, he's going to put up massive points. I, I wish I could find that old podcast where I can go over what the point projections were. I thought he was going to be putting up 40, 50 points a year, and I might be off. He'll probably be putting up 60 or 70 points a season. I thought the Luongo trade was worse. The Luongo trade is worse. I'm just saying Luongo is a Hall of Fame caliber goalie. Devon Taves, sh- he's got a long way to go. That's all I'm going to say. Devon Taves, though, for two second-round picks is criminal. Brian Jay said, watching this team is like watching a monkey F a football. Yep, heard that one before. Frank C said, you are right, Grumpy. I want to see Bellos, Wallstrom, and uh, Barzal also. Why not? Why not? Just to see if they have any chemistry. Because the first line right now has nothing. And would like to see more emotion on the ice. He has none of that either. Brian Jay just saying they suck. For certain they do. Jarrell saying maybe secretly Samuel Bolduke is ready. Mm, I don't know, but here's the thing. If you're in full tank mode, why not bring him up and play him a handful he's, of games? See what he's he looks been, like. He's been miserable, dude. He has been I'm, miserable. I'm just saying. If you're in if you're in, okay, we're looking to see what we have going forward. No, no harm. Find out what he's got. I'm not saying he's ready either. Just see how far away he is. Do you want to take a look at the stats, man? Okay. This is what they had everybody clamoring originally, right? For the Bridgeport Sound Tigers when they were struggling last year. 24 games played, six goals, eight assists. I think he had he was tied for the lead, the tied for the team in goals, or maybe tied for the team lead in points. 14 points in that truncated uh, COVID year. This year, 25 games played, not a single point registered. Don't don't six. you want to see how he looks though with the big team? If the no, season I don't. Is truly He's over, ready. He's okay. not ready. Okay. I want to see guys like Salo get their first crack at it. I mean. Bulldog, I think, has taken a major step back. I want to see Sallow saying, here you go, giving him a big chance. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see, okay, let's see Bulldog up there too. Let's see what's that. Let's see first. Let's let's establish what we have in Sallow. Um, Frank C. And let's see what we've got more in Hutton. Hutton and Ajo. Those are the guys yeah. I want to see first. Bulldog's the guy I'd like to see up with the big team. I about to say, those guys are 24, 25 years old, right? Time to see if they could step up, maybe make their way into the NHL. I mean, Bulldog is still far away. Frank C. saying, we protected Martin over Everly. I'm not a huge Everly fan, but maybe Bailey would have been taken. Yep. See, that's that's the whole thing. It's like, but here's the thing. What did we want to use the expansion draft for, right? And I, you know, Everly, if he had to go, he had to go. That's fine. We were trying to free up some salary cap space. That's what that's what the whole expansion draft thing was. They were afraid that Seattle was going to take Martin or Clutterbuck, so they protected them and exposed Eberly or Bailey. Why was Bailey not picked up? Well, because Bailey sucks, and Eberly at least can put the puck in the net. That's a difference. Dave C. saying, hey, guys, been a while since I listened live. Uh, hope you're both doing well. Grumpy, have to say, while I listened on the road each week, I catch myself agreeing over and over on all your stances. The Islanders are living on the past. True. And, Dave, thank you very much. I got my uh, my little thingy on here. All the stuff you gave us, I use now. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Dave C., legend. Um, yep, that's a GM for the year for you for certain. Frank C also says, uh, who do you think is tradable at the deadline? Not Bailey, Paul Mary. You can move Pajot. That's it for the older guys. You really if I can you... move Pajot, I'd trade him. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Well, like I said, that's the one guy I would keep because he plays center and we don't have any center depth in the organization. But I mean any of those guys, like I said, there's only a few guys that I'm willing to say, no, we're keeping them. Dobson, Pellick, 
I guess I would keep Pulak too at this point. Um, you know, and then you can talk offensively, Wallstrom, Bellows, and uh, Barzell, then Sorokin. That's it. Everybody else is – if somebody offers me enough for Bavillier, I'd like to get a player back if I move Bavillier, though, to be honest with you. You can't trade everybody and not have somebody coming back. But, I agree with that. Uh, at some point in time, you just got to say, you know what, get rid of some of the dead wood, get draft picks, and we're just going to move forward. We go into the offseason with plenty of salary cap space, sign guys to very affordable two-year deals or three years because it's going to take a while for the draft picks to come in. I'm not signing anybody to seven-year deals, even if it's like marginal players. Just sign for two, three years tops, and then you bridge the gap between the new guys coming in and the old team. That's what I would do. All I'm going to say is here, Grumpy. I mean, Vinny Trocek is technically going to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. So if you're looking for guy, I'm not saying he's a third-line guy. I like him. I'm just saying, like, you talk about guys that are in the range. Nazem Kadri is going to get paid an unholy amount, I'm sure. I mean, like, I'm just trying to think about guys that are near our price range. Ryan Strome, if he's not re-signed. There are players out there that will be unrestricted free agents up available. I mean, I'm trying to hit the, the you know the the age criteria that you like, grumpy old man. Yeah, everything everything for me is age related. I don't want to I don't want to trade for somebody or sign a guy who's in his 30s. This team's a ways off. But if you sign a guy who's 27 and you sign it to a four year deal, okay, I can live with that. 32 and he's gone, I can live with that if I had to. Paulo C said, guys, which team are advancing in the NFL playoffs? What are your predictions? Paulo, you should have been watching the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show, Paulo. We covered this big time. We covered this for... It's Paolo, first of all, not Paulo. Sorry, pa- oh, I, hold on. Grumpy, you're just now correcting me. I've been pronouncing... I, 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 it's Paolo. I keep on telling you, you keep on messing it up. Paolo. I'm sorry, Paolo. Grump, Paolo, we've been talking about that, though, on the on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. We talked about ad nauseum, Grump. Real quick, go ahead and give us a layout of what you think is happening today. You already said Cincinnati you thought was beating the Raiders. You said that even during the live stream. What do you think also is happening here, the remainder of the playoff games? Just a quick Buffalo, overview. Buffalo is going to be tight. I think Tampa Bay will be closer than people think. I'm thinking San Francisco over Dallas, Kansas City over uh, Pittsburgh, and I'm going to go with the upset. What? Yeah, the Bucks over the Eagles too, right? Yes, yeah, that's why I said Tampa Bay over the Eagles, closer than people think. And the last game, uh, Kansas City over the Steelers, and then I'm going to go as uh, I'm, I'm going to take an upset special with Arizona over the Rams. Yeah, that's the I, one I feel le- least confident about. So, and again, we'll be covering the uh, Buffalo Bills and Patriots game tonight. We'll be covering that one live on TJ and the Grumpy Man in the link in the description below. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you don't miss out. I've got the Bengals today. I actually... Bengals. Not Bengals. 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 Make you happy? I've got... Paulo from the Bengals. Paulo from the Bengals. Paulo from the Bengals. Paulo. I'm sorry. Grump, it's going to take me a while, okay? I've got the Cincinnati. The Cincinnati cat team, all right? Does that make you happy? I've got uh, I've got the Bucks too. I have the 49ers upsetting the Cowboys tomorrow. I've got the Chiefs beating the Steelers. I've got the Rams beating the Cardinals, and I've got the Patriots beating the Bills. So, and that could happen. I mean, cold weather is a great equalizer. It yep, really is. For sure. Got a, the Patriots have a lot of injuries, though a lot of injuries and COVID issues right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario saying, uh, coming up through the Russian system, Shesterkin played regularly over Sorokin. I know, 
I know he played, but again, CSKA Moscow, he won the spot. I mean, that's that was always the top team too. Shostorkin wasn't the goalie for that team. They yeah. thought more highly of him. CS or CSKA Moscow was always the best team over there. So all I'm going to say here is this: I think Sorokin, I, man, I don't know. In this system, he could put up gaudy numbers. And Shostorkin, I know, is having a good season this year. I'm just saying, in this system, he, I really believe he could put up great numbers. Sorokin's number. What are Sorokin's numbers this year? I don't know. I can tell you if you're interested. If you're if you're really interested, I can tell you. Don't worry, Grumpy. I've already got a pull up. Okay, okay. nine two five save percentage and a two four three goals against average. That's what good. would you consider, right? I mean, like I, I think I think he's got the ability. I don't think Shesterkin's going to hold a nine thirty save percentage like he is at the moment for the rest of the year. I don't know okay. if that's possible, but maybe it is. Drew L says I think the stats uh, can Sorokin. I think I think the stats can Sorokin and Shesterkin say who's better. Sorokin's goals against average is way better, and both of their save percentage are almost identical. Yeah, well, it means a lot more shots on Sorokin, I guess. Uh, Dave C saying, I'm going to the Islanders and Kings game here in LA in a few weeks, but man, I'm worried. Uh, what do you guys think the chances are the Islanders win there? I saw some Kings versus the Flyers on New Year's, and the Kings looked fast and great. Yeah, the King, look at the Kings have. Just a couple of years. It's amazing what a couple of years of being not so good, playing a bunch of young guys, how that works out for you. The Kings look like they're on the rebound. I, I would not shock me if the Kings won that game. They've gotten better as the season's gone on without a doubt. Okay. No, no, no. The goals against average. Maybe you're talking about for the career because the goals against average for Shesterkin this year, I thought it was ridiculous. The goals against average for Shesterkin this year leads the NHL 939 save percentage in a 199 goals against average. Oh, okay. I thought they said that the numbers were similar. I'm just there, Maybe on the career, they're similar. I'm looking at career basis, right? Career goals against average for Sorokin's a little lower than Shesterkin's in the NHL. Save percentage still uh, 005% in Shesterkin's favor. So Shesterkin probably a little bit of the better goal. He's having a great year this year. I'm about to say yeah. nine three nine save percentage is outstanding. Um, yeah. to answer your question, tell us what you think about Arthur Kaliev. We'll be watching that game live. Oh, Arthur Kaliev, one of the three amigos. I, I tell you what, I hate watching guys when one of the three amigos is playing because it makes me hate Simon Holmes from even more. <laughs> oh, good gracious. And Connor and Connor McMichael was not I did he didn't do anything to stand out for me today. Drew said, I mean, about Bailey, I'm just not sure. If I'm allowed to say this, but I'll, I'll keep it on the back. Okay. Matthew S. Oh, um, Paul, uh, Paulo C said as a captain, uh, like we say he is, uh, he is not showing any freaking emotion. And that's a big concern for me. We need a new captain called by Andrews Lee. I think he shows, I think he shows it in the room. I'm just saying like, I, I would like to see a little more emotion when we, I mean, like we have to win games and we've got to win them in droves. So even though, Hey, we won three games, we lost one. We got, we got to start showing, we got to start showing some emotion on the ice. We don't, yeah, we don't know what he's like in the room. So. Oh, I just got done eating pizza for dinner after that putrid effort. Hopefully oh, the pizza was better man. than the effort. JK saying people are saying Simon Holmstrom is playing well in Bridgeport. So do we have any update on him? I don't know. No, not for me. But some people have said he's been playing well. Phil's Facts sends me videos all the time of Simon Holmstrom and how well he's playing, Grumpy. All the time. All he, of the time. He, I'm telling you, he's going to be Josh Bailey 2.0. 32 games played, four goals. That sounds pretty good. Oh, really? That's good? Okay. That's Josh Bailey-like, without a doubt. <laughs> half a point, half a point a game. That's Josh Bailey in a nutshell, isn't it? And he hangs around on the perimeter. That's Josh uh -huh. Bailey. They're going to torment me. 
for how many years? Josh Bailey, right to this kid. You watch. Brett W. says, uh, I'm keeping Ross the boss, too. Can I, can I just say something? That's uh, uh, Darren McGavin as Cold Shack, the Night Stalker. Oh, Brett W. says, TJ, uh, the Bengals uh, is an 80s all-girl pop band. Yep. Gotcha. Um, she's saying are you guys covering any games tomorrow we'll be covering uh four o'clock or three was it three something 435 435 34 35 eastern standard time uh 49ers against the dallas cowboys um and frank k saying here sorokin should be playing almost every game time to move varlam off but uh do you think sorokin would be upset if varlam traded not at this point i don't think at this point and he's ready to start playing more games. He wants to be. He wants to earn himself a big contract. Now he's like, okay, I'm settled in. You know, I feel comfortable. Right, he's been here now for two some odd years, two and a half years, if you include the bubble when he was there for that short time period. Uh, yeah, he he should feel a little bit more comfortable with the language. He should feel a little bit more comfortable in the room. You know what I mean? It's not like hey, Varlamov is his only friend anymore. He should feel comfortable. I think at least. Um, um, I think the and the thing that impresses me the most about Sorokin was his ability to pick up the English language in such a short time. It's really incredible. I am jealous of people who can speak two, two languages and considering he was just always in Russia. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they teach English over there. I don't know. But his ability to pick up the language and be fluent and understand questions in such a short amount of time to me is incredible. <laughs> Old grumpy. What do you want to say before we wrap things up here today? Our Joel says, unless you guys give me the go, go ahead and throw it to us. If it's not too vulgar, we'll show it up on screen. But Grump, what do you want to say before we wrap things up today? Uh, I just want to say love and laugh to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. And please listen to the TJ and Grumpy Old Man show later this evening when we have Buffalo against New England. Absolutely, Grumpy. Well, thank you so much, Grump, again, for your time as always. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening here. We'll be covering the Islanders game live against the Philadelphia Flyers on Monday and on Tuesday. We'll be covering both of those games. But before that time period, we'll be covering NFL playoff action live on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Show. Link in the description below. Make sure you check it out. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter grumpy old man but what do you want to say before we wrap things up i just said what i wanted to say oh, you already said it yeah thanks for paying attention oh man drew l i'll show that one up there for you grumpy so you can get a little kick out of that i disagree with that too uh, <laughs> all righty well thank you so much everyone, for tuning in and thank you grumpy my pleasure absolutely and, and absolutely jeremy we'll be back on here later in a bit see you guys in a bit